name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Last week, our, lesson, our lessons likened the Christian life to runners running a race and workers in a field. And we noted that the impact of these analogies was in the way they did not work. That is to say, the Christian life does not consist of working really hard with the hope that at the end God will give us this reward called eternal life. It does not consist of competing with other people for a race, uh, a race trophy that only one person can win. And these analogies can be contrasted with today's gospel, the parable of the sower and the seed, which along with other agricultural parables and analogies, more accurately describes the Christian life. The greater accuracy lies in its organic nature. The life that has been planted within us through the Holy Spirit grows in a way that corresponds with the ways plants and babies grow. Thus, the more we rely on organic models to understand that life, the more accurately we will understand it. The contrast between competition and labor on the one hand and organic growth on the other gets at the reason many people struggle with their life of prayer. Many people are stuck living in narratives that focus on judgment. If I say my prayers and try real hard to be a good boy or girl all my life, then I hope at the end that God will tell me that I am okay and and get the reward that he has to give me. The Christian life becomes a continual striving to be good. And since goodness cannot be attained by human effort, the inevitable result is a perpetual feeling of guilt, of having fallen short, which then comes only to be punctuated by periodic feelings of forgiveness. When we shift from judgment to horticulture, the picture changes. We are no longer working real hard, hoping to receive a future reward. We are rather cultivating the growth of a life that we already possess. The evil that is present in us the remnant of our fallen nature, consists of weeds that need to be removed and hearts that need to be softened by grace. The good that has been planted within us is to be nourished by the grace of word, sacrament, prayer, and close connection with other people in the body of Christ so that we benefit from their gifts. When we do something wrong, which we all inevitably will do, the point is not that we are immediately condemned by our Heavenly Father, any more than a good parent disowns a child every time he misbehaves. What God wants from us is the same thing a parent wants from a child, to acknowledge the wrong was done, and then to learn and grow from it. 
pull out the weed, <coughs> fertilize the soil, and grow. God does not expect perfection from us. He wants us to continue to grow over time, or he wants the life he has planted within us to continue to grow over time. The parable of the sower and the seed is the foundational parable Jesus told to describe what was happening in his ministry as he preached the word of God and it took root or did not take root in human hearts. The success of the seed depended upon the relative hardness of the heart and the things that were competing in the heart for nourishment and space to grow. The parable reveals the enemies of the soul, the world, the flesh, and the devil, which we renounced in baptism. In baptism, we were asked, do you renounce the devil and all his works, the vain pomp and glory of the world with all covetous desires of the same, and the sinful desires of the flesh, so that you will not follow nor be led by them? The devil is seen in the seed by the wayside. Quote, those by the wayside are the ones who hear, then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. The devil tries to crush faith with feelings of doubt and anxiety and by making the would-be believer so afraid of the implications of faith and obedience that faith is abandoned immediately. The world is seen in the seed among the thorns. Quote, the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life so that they bring no fruit to maturity. Here, faith competes in the heart of the would-be believer with worldly attachments. But the worldly attachments are so firmly rooted in the heart that there is no room for the word of God to grow. The flesh is seen in the seed that fell on the rocky soil. Quote, the ones in the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, who for a while believe and in time of temptation fall away. Here the would-be believer is not willing to give up the satisfaction of disordered desires. He is not willing to give up painkillers in order to make room for genuine interior growth. Thus, the word of God cannot become deeply rooted and cannot produce the fruit of holy behavior. This is the ongoing struggle in the life of prayer, the life that has been planted in us in baptism, which we received by faith, and which grows as we continue to trust God, is challenged continually by these enemies of the soul. Spiritual forces of evil constantly tempt us to doubt and despair. 
the world offers us success, status, and pleasure to pull us away from Christ. Our disordered desires tempt us to say, forget the will of God. I want to do what I want to do, and I am entitled to it. A particularly strong temptation in a consumer culture. The pattern of temptation and sin is the same in all cases. It is tempting and powerful in the moment of temptation. But when we give in to it, it leaves us feeling guilty, empty, and despairing afterwards. And then it tempts us again to take care of those feelings with another dose of painkiller. And so the cycle continues. We talk about what we call spiritual disciplines. And these are practices of spiritual horticulture. Things that reduce the pull of temptation and help the life of Christ to take deeper root and grow in us. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus describes the three foundational spiritual disciplines of the Christian life. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And these three disciplines are the primary ways we combat the enemies of the soul. And each discipline matches up primarily with one particular enemy. Prayer is the primary way we combat demonic temptation. Maintaining a close relational connection with God through prayer is the main way we keep doubt and despair at bay. We cannot overcome spiritual evil except through constant and committed prayer. We cannot fight the devil and the demons with our own natural strength. But as St. John says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Fasting is the primary way we overcome the temptations of the flesh. If our appetites overwhelm us so that we cannot say no to certain things, what we need to do is fast, to practice saying no to certain things in order to gain greater control over our appetites. This is a necessary but neglected discipline in our overindulged culture. And most of us need to practice it, particularly in our use of technology and electronics. These things often threaten the, life, the spiritual life in us more than our excesses of food and drink. They are, for us, constant sources of distraction that pull our minds and hearts away from contemplation. Almsgiving is how we combat the temptation of the world. When we become too attached to the things of the world, we must practice giving them away. Tithing is the foundational discipline of freedom from money and the attitude and virtue of generosity is the ongoing practice of freedom from the world. Rather than looking for ways to get more, we practice looking for ways to give 
and as we do that, we become more detached from things. Practicing humility is the way we fast from the pursuit of status and recognition. During this pre-Lenten season, we should examine our hearts to see how we are now being tempted by these enemies of the soul. And then we should adopt spiritual disciplines for Lent that root out the weeds, soften our hearts, and draw us nearer to God. Are you struggling with doubt and despair that come from the evil one? How will you increase your practice of prayer so as to live in closer communion with God? Are you overcome by your appetites? What things will you fast? And which electronics, video games, and social media will you give up or limit to develop greater self-control? Are you too attached to the things of the world? How will you give and practice humility in new ways? For we are in the Christian life practicing spiritual horticulture. And as Jesus said, quote, the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.